and welcome inside to the Sports Hour portion of this podcast. Now, on the line with me, you've heard him before. You heard him actually before the Buffalo Bills played the Pittsburgh Steelers, him being Mr. Mike Florio. Mike, welcome back into the Sports Hour. Thanks for having me, Alex. So always happy to join. Tell you a funny story is that your phone pops up as night news, and it was literally we were right across the hall from each other in Queens. So now it's kind of in in a, in a different format, right? <laughs> just a little bit, just a, just a little different. So we're we're here now, and the draft is tonight. What a welcome distraction for everybody, right? I mean, it, virtual or not, people are going to have fun at this tonight. Oh, this is going to be, I, in my opinion, easily the most watched draft in sports history not just nfl we know the nfl dominates headlines and viewership and everything and now it's the only thing that we have going on in sports and not only is it the only thing that we have going on today it's the only thing that we've had for weeks and the michael jordan documentary over the weekend got over six million views i think the nfl draft is easily going to surpass that i think the nfl draft tonight is going to give us uh, NBA Finals or World Series type numbers. Do you predict like a Zoom bombing as he's doing the first pick? Like I'm just waiting for that moment too. There's going to be some sort of. I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, like GMs, kids involved. Like I know Ron Rivera is going to have his daughter crossing off names as they go. So I think we'll get a lot of that. I, I think we're also going to get a lot of technical issues. We've already seen it on some shows that are you know broadcasting remote and stuff so i think that's all going to be a part of it but to me that's a part of the fun because hopefully at least this is a once in a lifetime experience like i think everyone understands that it may not go on without a hitch because of the conditions and if anyone gets upset about that i mean that that seems a little silly to me i think you should just enjoy the fun tonight enjoy oh, having sports that no one will be upset i think everybody's going to be so happy and, and it'll be fun first of all because everybody hates so. Everybody hates Goodell, so anything that makes him look bad, I think people will revel in, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I don't – to me, it's like how does this, like, make them look bad? I understand that it's it's not the draft that we always have every year, but that's out of there. Oh, no, no, so, not, the, not the idea of it. I'm saying something will go wrong that people will revel in because it will make Goodell look weird and hey, all that. <laughs> you guys can still head over to, uh, to Bud – I think it's BudLight.com or, or Bud Light's doing this uh, pro- sponsorship promotion right now where you can still send in videos of yourself booing Roger Goodell when he mm-hmm. first walks up to the podium. So if you want to boo, you still can. All right, well, let's let's talk about the documentary too because I'm glad you mentioned that. I was just thinking a few minutes ago, who can I ask this question to? And I didn't get a chance to ask it yesterday, so I'll ask it to you, Mike. That documentary comes out months at, months from now. Does it get as much play? Does it get as much interest? I feel like it would because it's Michael Jordan, but we would still be in the midst of, of something else. So it, they timed this perfectly and they moved it up perfectly, but if they played it where they did during a regular year, does it get as much pizzazz as it has now? I think it was originally supposed to come out in June or July, like after the NBA Finals. And I, I still think it would have done well because we've heard about it for a couple of years now uh, that ESPN is making this 10-part documentary that has exclusive footage like that. Like they got this film crew got closer to that Bulls team than maybe a film crew has ever been to a team before. And I think it still would have done very well. But six million viewers. No, I don't think that. Well, let me ask you about that. Isn't it funny that, uh, and I loved it, because Michael was all about the cameras. He wanted people watching his every move. Let's just be honest about that. But Phil Jackson, I'd think of it this way. He was the mastermind of the Bulls, the Lakers, and the mastermind of the title behind the documentary. I'm like, of course he has a role in this and, <laughs> and decides what the title is, right? 
99% of the stuff that Phil Jackson touches turns to gold, and the other 1% is the New York Knicks. Yeah, I know. It was a bad out for him. <laughs> I mean, that was probably one of the most saddest stories, although he did give us Chris Stapps, which ended up being okay for a while until he got injured. Yeah, it's it's a sad existence as a Knicks fan that, that we're holding our hat on one good draft pick. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, we'll see how that whole thing turns out, too. Interestingly enough, they actually interviewed David Stearns before he passed away, and I was like, wow, they actually got him way in advance before things unraveled and he passed away. Yeah, it's, I mean, just the, everyone that is involved in the documentary, the fact that it's uncensored, I think that's a genius idea because it would have been a lot of beeping, and, and you want to, I think, like, just hearing it, it, it it's super. I mean, we're two episodes in, but I watched those two episodes and was like, "All right, can the other eight come out tonight too?" Because mm-hmm. like, I think everyone was so compelled by it. it. So far, it's been phenomenal, phenomenally done. Let's at, let me ask you this now. So you're you're going to cover the draft and you're going to do your own reporting. Tell us about your experience tonight. What's it going to be like? Yeah, so tonight uh, I'll be. I keep a little bit of a different eye on things uh, because I, I care about all the picks, but at NFL, a big portion of what I do, basically everything I do, is fantasy football related. So naturally, I am keeping a closer eye on the offensive players and more so the offensive skilled position players, the, your quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends, uh, looking for you know spots that make good sense that are good fits for these players. I have some guys that. I'm naturally higher on than others and some that I'm not. But yeah, so for me tonight, a lot of what I'll be keeping a close eye on is a lot of these offensive players. And you can't ask for a better year than that. This is the deep, I would say the deepest running back class since easily since 2017, which had, you know, McCaffrey, Fournette, Zeke, all those guys. And then uh, this is the deepest wide receiving class and probably you could argue the second best, maybe it's still early, but that legendary 2014 class with Watkins, Evans, uh, Odell Beckham, all that we're seeing the best RB and wide receiver classes that we have seen in a while. And they're in the same draft. Plus there's a lot of quarterback depth. So I'm very excited for this draft. Well, so, okay. Talk about the running backs, who exactly is out there. And of course, Joe Burrows is going to be most likely number one, but you're looking at other picks that, uh, would you say there'd be surprises? Is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking tonight we're going to see a minimum of four wide receivers, but I would guess we could see as much as six or seven. There's literally that many first-round caliber wide receiver uh, prospects. Running backs, I don't know if we'll see any tonight, but that is more uh, based on how the NFL views the position rather than the there being a lack of talent in this class. Uh, and quarterback, I think we're going to see at least three in the first – 10 picks, I think we'll get Burrow, we'll get Tua, we'll get Herbert. And then I think it's very possible that we could still see Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts potentially go in this first round. And if not, I think they'll be going on day two. I don't think they're any way they fall to day three. Do you miss the original draft? I kind of miss the way they had it where it was all Saturday and Sunday. And there's just there was some mystique about that. And I people seem to have forgotten about those days, too. At first I did, but I'm, I, I fully have come around. Like the fact that we get round one tonight and cause that's the round that obviously everyone puts the most microscopes on. So we'll have today to watch that and break it and all day tomorrow to break it down and what teams could still do. The fact that it's brought out into three days now, because let's be honest, rounds one, two, and three are going to get more eyeballs than four, five, six, seven. Sure. So I like that, you know, on Thursday and Friday, you're highlighting the, the top, 
what is it, 96 players that are going to be going in your draft. He's like, and these are the players that are going to come in and change franchises. I, I'm really on board with this new draft format. Well, uh, let me ask you this then. So also along with the fantasy draft, there's going to be a lot of betting. I mean, this is crazy. It's going to be one of the most bet drafts they're, they're predicting anyhow. Oh, yeah. And you see it all over Twitter and, and social media. Every And because, again, not only is this the, the NFL draft and everything that it comes with, but it's the only thing on the sports slate for who knows how long. So those, those guys who, you know, everyone who likes to, to gamble, they get that itch. Mm-hmm. And that itch, they've been getting it lately. And the only thing they have to bet on is the NFL draft. So I think it'll easily be the most better on draft. And I don't think it's just, you know, next year it's going to be even more. Like this might be the most draft that we see get bet on for a long time. All right. So let's talk about the draft for a second. You you know, with the acquisitions of Brady and Gronk, one would think the Bucks may not be Bucks fans may not be paying close attention, but should they still pay close attention to who they pick up with all these acquisitions still having been made? Oh, I think they should pay more attention than ever. Like this, if you're a Bucks fan right now, you got Brady the GOAT. You got his his top weapon in Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement and come back. You already had the top two receiving punch in the league in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Now what you got to look for for – and a lot of people think the Bucks last year weren't that good, but that is not true. Like, Jameis Winston turned the ball over a bunch, which obviously puts them behind in games and stuff. Their defense – their run defense was elite, the hardest defense to run on last year in football, but their secondary was trash, just being honest. So this is a, a draft now. Now you have the quarterback position lined up. You have the weapons around him in place. You can either go and get an offensive lineman, you can add to that secondary, or you can go get another running back. I expect them to address all three of those positions uh, just early on. Not sure which one, but... I think you have very much so reason to watch if you're a Bucks fan because you expect to compete for a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, with everything in line, it, it shouldn't be a surprise if they do make a run at this. And, I mean, fans actually didn't really miss – they're not going to really miss Jameis, will they? I mean, he did okay for them, but he wasn't maybe what they expected him to be down there. Jameis, I think – I think Jameis is more talented than people give him credit for. I do think the turnovers are a huge problem, and I think it cost them some games last year. But I, I do think Jameis is one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. I think he should be a starting quarterback at the NFL level. Uh, the one thing that I think people are going to, for, for those who play fantasy and stuff, I actually think we could see the Bucks offense take somewhat of a hit this year because I think – There'll be less turnovers, so they're playing from behind less. So when you're playing with the lead, your offense usually tends to run the ball more and drain out the clock. Whereas when you're playing from behind, now it's we're in the hurry up. I'm throwing the Jameis is heaving the ball downfield like Tom Brady won't do. So I think that the Bucks will be better as a team now. But some of those, you know, like Jameis led the league in passing yards last year and first 30-30 season we've ever seen. Like some of those cartoonish numbers that we saw last year are going to go down, in my opinion. All right, let's stick with the NFC South because they just lost Newton in that division as well. What are they going to expect? I mean, now they've got to go up against Brady and Breeze, uh, and they're usually a favorite in this comp- in this division. Yeah, and they they did lose Cam, but they did replace him with Teddy Bridgewater, who I am not 
super high on. His career high in passing touchdowns is 14. He's never averaged over 240 yards per game in his starting starting career as a quarterback. Same thing under two passing touchdowns per game. I don't love Teddy Bridgewater, but NFL execs seem to. They, they paid him. He, I think they'll be in all right hands there. He'll definitely at the very least take control, take There'll be safety. He won't, you know, turn over the ball. And then they have great weapons around him. And Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, who uh, a couple of years ago was a first-round pick and is looking like a star receiver. You have Anderson and Ian Thomas and Curtis Samuels. So I think they had the pieces there on offense. I think what you're going to see the Panthers look to build up is that defense again because they, over the years, have lost pieces on defense and haven't really been able to build that defense up to what it was. So I think we're going to see them do that. But that – NFC uh, South division might be the most competitive in football this year with the the Bucks, Saints, and Panthers. They, and Falcons uh, too. They also tagged McCaffrey, didn't they? I think I read something. They they signed him to uh, an extension. He is now the highest paid running back in NFL history. <sighs> well, we'll see how that pans out. And by the way, sticking in that NFC South, kudos to Bree, Drew Brees for donating $5 million early on in the coronavirus relief efforts. I mean, that guy is a class act year in and year out. Oh yeah, no, nothing but great things to say about Drew Brees, and when he, whenever he does ultimately hang him up, he will be greatly missed. Well, you think he's trying for one more? I mean, he's he, as I say, he's got a division now, which is a little more, a little more competitive. So I'm sure he's gunning for it more so this year than than for a while. The last year he made all those records too. Yeah, the last two years, the Saints' season has. Uh, uh, you know, they had the loss to the Rams that a lot of people were blaming the officials on. They had a questionable exit this year. A lot has gone wrong for them in the playoffs. I, I still do think they're one of the better teams in the league. Uh, but the fact that Breeze took longer this year to decide if he wanted to play again uh, and the fact that the Saints keep Taysom Hill on the roster and keep saying that he is the heir apparent to Drew Breeze, I think this could be the final year we see Breeze play. We'll have to see. And who knows what Brady's going to do. But uh... – well, we'll see how that goes. Now, up here, up here, I mean, this whole NFC, AFC East, let's start with the AFC East because you're a Bills fan and I've been following more closely. But, man, this AFC East has been turned upside down with the, the recent weeks, hasn't it? I'll say this. I, it's amazing as a Bills fan for the first time really in my life for two decades to wake up and be like, wow, we don't have to compete just for second place because Brady's gone. But then at the same point in time, I'm like, but Bill Belichick is still there. So I'm not I will not throw dirt on that Patriots dynasty just yet until Belichick is gone. I think they can still uh, win it all. But this is the the best and most optimistic I have felt as a Bills fan heading into a season in my life. Well, how about um, how about, you know, Darnold? Does he really get a footing now more so than the last couple of years or does he struggle still? I feel bad for Donald in all honesty because I don't think he has gotten a fair crack uh first year as a rookie we saw a lot of growing pains they didn't have a, a whole bunch of talent around him and then they went out and they committed a in my opinion a terrible sin and hired the worst head coach in football and Adam Gase you take away Adam Gase's tenure as offensive coordinator with Peyton Manning and I know Peyton Manning loves Adam Gase but this guy's offense is ranked top 25 uh, in the bottom six in the league and all in every other season. So I don't understand why the Jets are so committed to Adam Gase, why they hired him. And the fact that he left Miami, a team that we all thought was going to win no games last year. And then K 
Kenyon Drake goes off without him and Devontae Parker goes off without him and and these guys that struggled for years under him. So to me, I think Darnold hasn't gotten a fair shake. We don't know how healthy he was last year. I still think there's a lot of talent in that arm, but I do not love the the Jets organization or the head coach to kind of push him in the right direction. All right, keeping this with the draft in mind, and obviously Fitzpatrick still in Miami. I mean, they could be a threat this year, the Dolphins, after all is said and done. Yeah, uh, I think they're still going to be rebuilding. I think they are clearly the fourth-place team. I'm expecting them to draft a quarterback either at five or potentially moving up. I know a lot of the recent reports have been that they're tied to Justin Herbert and not so much Tua. I don't know how much of that is a smokescreen, though. I think one of those two guys is going to be quarterbacking in Miami next year. Uh, Tua, I actually like more if he was to go to the Chargers because I think that he could play a year behind Tyrod Taylor, who Anthony Lynn and the Chargers are really talking about, and then come in next year. And I still think Tua has arguably the highest ceiling. Like, Joe Burrow needs to be the first pick, but I think Tua should be the second quarterback off the board. Well, let's talk about Tua because he's a very – unique character he got injured and yet he still believes he can play is he going to be full strength with all of these delays because of the virus I mean is he really going to be full strength enough to be a solid draft pick if there's any delay in the season starting I think it actually helps him because it gives him more time to recover uh it's like in baseball like all these players who got hurt in spring training like Adam, uh, like uh, Aaron Judge and John right. Carlos Stan, those guys are all getting now extra time to get healthy, and they're expected to be ready when the season starts. So, I think any delay in any sort of NFL season, and I'm not saying we're going to see that yet because no one truly knows. But if there is any delay, I think it helps him because it's more time to recover from that hip surgery. And you mentioned the Chargers. I mean, and um, Philip Rivers just kind of kind of went to the Colts in the middle of the night, right? Not many people talked about that. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Rivers last year looks like he was on his last leg. He uh, arm strength didn't look what it was, but the one saving grace for him may be the Chargers had no offensive line whatsoever that could protect him, and now he's going to the Colts, who have one of the best offensive lines in football. Well, and of course, they're thirsty for a quarterback because they didn't really have one last year, and luck all of a sudden retiring, and people bash him for that, but they haven't had a consistent guy and maybe they hope rivers is the guy obviously i think rivers is, i mean uh, nearly 40 years old rivers i think is clearly a short-term answer for me the colts are a sneaky team tonight to keep an eye on because they could jump up and maybe potentially if Tua slips i don't think they have enough firepower to get in the top five if Tua goes but if Tua starts to slip the Colts are a very sneaky landing spot because they can let him sit and rest and heal up behind Rivers and learn from a a very a quarterback who had a very productive career and then take over next year with that O line and those weapons in place. Hey, I've got a question. So you you you're reporting on this. Do you have inside access to the teams and to the agents? I do not. You do not. Okay, so you wouldn't no. be able to tell us what <laughs> is in the mindset of some of these teams tonight. I would not, and I, I, at this point, I don't think even reporters who do have inside access can, because this, especially in every draft, you see the days before it's all smokescreen, and and we've seen that we every any player, any team you want to think of, you probably can find a report that they are somehow linked or out on them or something, because we see so many smokescreens on a normal draft. Now you add this virtual factor to it. I think this draft is going to be unlike any we've seen before, but I think a lot of the reports we've seen 
I, I don't trust them all. I think there's a lot of smoke screens being thrown out there. All right. So what's this thing about the clock? They say they're not they're going to be stricter with it. What exactly is about the on the clock feature for tonight? I think they're afraid of uh, running overtime and, and and then having tech issues that forces them to further run overtime. So I, I don't think we're going to see. You know, we've seen it before where a team, the timer will hit zero and then it says the pick is in. And I think we'll see stuff like that. I don't think we're going to see, you know, any team timeout or anything like that. Okay, so it won't be because I was thinking they had like a stricter clock on them or something like that. I thought I read that. I think they just want to keep it moving, keep it flowing. And uh, obviously, so how are they going to, I wonder how they're going to do the jerseys. You know, when these guys get up there, they do the whole jersey pose. So I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I'm not sure either. There, a lot. Uh, there's over 30 players, I believe, in a virtual green room tonight for when they get drafted. But I don't think we're going to get to see many jersey holds up. We're not going to get to see the players chest bumping Goodell or anything like that. All right. So tonight is also going to be a test for the GMs. And I, I feel like the Jets GM and, and the Giants GM, I mean, this is uh, Gettleman's pretty much on the hot seat, right? Because he's been... They've been hammering home about him and all that. What is what are the Giants going to do tonight, and what how can he truly show that he's going to be the GM of the future? Uh, I don't know how he can truly show that. I'm not a Gettleman fan at all. I think uh, he is outdated in a much more analytically driven NFL. He is uh, kind of the caveman in that group, and. I will give him credit, though. The draft has been his strength since he has taken over as the Giants GM. Uh, tonight, though, I know we've there's been some smoke screens that they're connected to maybe Justin Herbert. I That is a complete lie. I think the Giants are just trying to trade down, which is something Gettleman has never done before. So I'm happy that he's learning. The Giants would be smart to trade down, but if not, I think they go Simmons or they take whichever offensive lineman they rank highest because there's five guys who could go as the first one off the board. The offensive uh, line position is very deep in this class. Well, and we just, the Gi- we, yeah, I'm a Giant fan for sure, but Giants just franchised someone, didn't they? They put, I think I read they put a tag on one of the guys, Williams, is that right? Yes, Leonard Williams. Uh, so they're keeping their D, their D intact for what they had. Uh, Williams came in last year and, and definitely made a little bit of an impact, so they're keeping him there. And you don't see a, a quarter, another quarterback draft. I mean, they've got Daniel Jones, and I think they. I said I saw Colt McCoy's coming in to compete for the backup job. But I mean, is there a possibility that they could go quarterback again? I would be shocked. I mean, you don't use a first round pick on a quarterback to t- and then use the next year another first round pick on a quarterback unless you are completely sold that the first guy was a bust. Like what the Cardinals did last year with Kyler Murray. They were convinced that Kyler Murray is the answer for their future. They brought in a new coach and, and they went and made that pick. But if you're the giants and you're making that pick, then you got to get Daniel Jones off your roster. I think, because what are you going to have two quarterbacks for five years on rookie deals and have them battle it out? That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, How about, how about later? How about that whole NFC East? Another division that's turned upside down with Ron Rivera now becoming a Redskin coach and you know Dak's still there but it's going to be a competitive division this year more so than we've seen I I think so anyway yeah the NFC East is always competitive even when the teams aren't like last year I don't think anyone would say that one of the best teams in in football came out of the NFC East they broken down Eagles roster with 
guys who were, you know, they were signing off the street, ended up winning that division. Uh, I still do think that the top two teams battling out for the division crown will be the Cowboys and Eagles, but the Redskins don't sleep on that defense. They're going to add Chase Young today at number two. That is outside of Joe Burrow. That's like the most obvious known pick. Like they've even kind of said like, Hey, we're taking Chase Young. And I, that he is going to add to an already pretty deep defensive line. Well, and, um, of course, the Eagles, I, when you mentioned the Eagles, I just think of uh, Foles still and how he got injured last year's first game, and that is just so unfortunate. But uh, amazing how fates change, and Carson's been okay with them, but we'll have to see how that whole thing plays out. Now, I did actually order a Ravens shirt because I kind of was, I've been intrigued by Lamar Jackson for a long time now because of what his story is, and then he, you know, he comes in. So the Ravens, I mean, what what do we expect from them? What do they need to fill up? Because they have Lamar, but he's got to have some complimentary pieces, right? Yeah, they they may go wide receiver. Uh, they've they've been actually some rumors that potentially they could sign Antonio Brown too. Uh, his cousin Marquise Brown was the Ravens' first round pick last year, first receiver off the board. I, Brown got hurt last year, Marquise Brown that is. So I think they're okay with him that he has an elite speed, but I think we could see them add a little bit more depth at receiver. But I, I'm expecting them to do kind of what we would view as a little bit boring, you know, add to that defense, add to that old line, and just let Lamar run it back this year. Well, and they, they have a real shot again, right, at, at doing something in that division? Oh, yeah. I, I think they are the second best team in the AFC. I think the AFC is wide open outside the top two teams. And I think the top two are easily uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. And it's because they have franchise quarterbacks who are coming in and just taking over the NFL. Chiefs, another, you know, an- another team that and I want to finish off with the AFC North in a second. But the Chiefs, a team that, you know, they won't relent. So what do you see them drafting at? Because they've got their pieces. What can they do better, though, beyond winning a Super Bowl? What can they do better for that team? Uh, well, I think they do have 10 of 11 starters returning on offense. They have a lot of their defensive pieces returning, too. I'm expecting them, though, at 32 to take a lineman or defensive player. Uh, the If they were to take an, a, like a, a skill position player, I think it will be a running back. That's their one kind of weakness because Damian Hel- Williams has been fine when he's healthy. He just hasn't been healthy that often. And I, if they were to take DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor uh, at number 32, then you're looking at an offense now that has Mahomes and all those great pass catchers with a legit top 15 talent at the running back position. So that would be fun, but Andy Reid has never selected a running back in the first round, and I don't know if he's going to do so this year. All right, staying in the AFC South. I mean, there was question whether Tannehill would remain, what his deal is. The Titans seem, you know, locked in with him but what can we see from them and not a quarterback what what do you see from them with the draft tonight from i'm sorry from who from the titans because i know they are locked in on Tannehill. so what are they going to do yes. what needs do they want to find tonight the titans uh, i think that we could see them adding to their defense as well uh, and not you're not going to see them take a running back tonight they just franchise tag derrick henry but i think at some point we could see them take a running back because derrick henry had a lot of touches last year is on that franchise deal and I think they would be smart to get a younger running back there behind him now that they've cut Deion Lewis. But for tonight, I'm thinking probably a defensive player. When you talk about the draft, though, right, Michael? I mean, what did that? if you've been studying or if there are studies out, what is the rate of success? I mean, these guys, they all hope to, and then sometimes they don't make it, sometimes they do. And, and 
that's why it's so fascinating because whoever they pick, you never know how they're going to do in real time. So why do we have a love of this thing if we don't know how they're going to be in real play? Like, what is the mystique, would you say, behind the NFL draft? Because we all want to be NFL GMs, right? Like, we all wish we could run a pro team. We all think we know more than they, the guys who actually do it. So we like to to watch and give our opinion and kind of say what we would be doing if we were NFL GMs. And plus, I mean, you, I think a lot of people watch to see what their team does because they want to know who's going to be the newest player to come to them, who they're going to get to root for. Uh, so I think that's the whole mystique around the draft. The, it brings hope, you know, mm-hmm. like whether you've been, you're the Chiefs and you just won the Super Bowl or you are the Bengals and you just had an embarrassing season it's a point to start over and to have hope looking to the future. Well, and I tell you, I, I, I love New York fans because they could boo and then not remember they booed Daniel Jones when he gets them two wins in a row. Like everybody forgot that they booed him last summer and then here he was doing his thing. And I think that was the amazing part of the Giants draft last year for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, New York fans are going to boo. Philly fans are going to boo. You know, it's just what they do. And uh, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones yet. He's had some really good games. Uh, all of them came against really bad defenses. And then he's had some really ugly games. So I think the jury is still out on Daniel Jones. But I think if you're a Giants fan right now, after year one, you should be feeling good about that pick. Hey, are you going to be live tweeting tonight? Where can people find your reactions to everything tonight? Yep, I'll be live tweeting tonight. I'll probably be shooting out a couple videos uh, as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael F. Florio. Uh, super excited to get a... It's already like my Twitter is already like 90% NFL lately tonight and this whole weekend. You can guarantee it'll be a hundred percent NFL draft. Now, uh, did you, that'll be awesome. Michael F. Florio, you got to follow him there. And by the way, Michael, I mean, I was just thinking, so you've been following this through the combine. You've been following this for a while now. Oh yeah. And what was the combine? Like, is there a way that we can use that to say, Hey, here's where they're going to draft or how, how related are they between the drafts and the combine? So I think the combine for like, like Joe Burrow, it doesn't matter what he does at the combine. He's going first overall where the combine comes into play is for these more fringe, like Jerry, Judy, CD lamb. uh, They're fine. You know, they're going to be the top two wide receivers off the board, but a guy like Denzel Mims was a big winner at the combine because he showed off his size and speed. And now we're talking about him going in the first round. Uh, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame, another big winner at the combine. People were thinking this guy was going to have to move to tight end. And then he went out and he was the only, the second player ever at his size to run a sub 4-4-5-40. And pairing him with Calvin Johnson is the only person to do that. So these guys who are not as big names and, and stars coming out of college football, or the guys who didn't play at SEC and aren't the obvious, you know, top 15, 20 guys, the, the combine means a lot for them because it's a chance to showcase how athletic they are and, and what skill set they bring to the NFL. Hey, I got, I just got a crazy idea because I know everybody's going to want to blow off steam and shoot their videos of their reaction. So if they do that and then they tag you, would you retweet them? Yeah, I mean, I, I encourage that. Anyone, you know, if you want to have some fun tonight, hit me up on, on Twitter. All right. Well, I'll let I'll I'll put that out there for people because you know I I think we're all going to be pent up in our house watching this. We wanna we wanna be at the draft tonight, you know. Oh, I I I've been today keeping myself busy as if I'm one of the people getting drafted tonight. That's how excited I am. And for by it. the way, this whole virus unfortunately overtook one of the best oppor- 
best things I think we would have seen. An NFL draft, you know, draftee floating his way up to the podium at the Bellagio. I mean, I was waiting for that. The Vikings pick would have been special. I have no doubts about that. <laughs> Rolling in on a Viking ship. Yeah, well, and hopefully no one would have fallen to the moat. But we won't know that. Maybe next year they'll try it. Who knows? But Maybe. Oh, and that's the other big question before I let you go. Yes or no? Empty or full stadiums this year? What will we see in September? This is a pure estimation because no one truly knows right now. But I'm guessing we are going to see football, but I think we are going to have empty stadiums. And that'll be so weird, wouldn't it? That'll just be... Bizarre, but also safe, I guess. I, I, I'm guessing so. It'll be weird, but it's, it'll be better than not having football at all. Amen to that. Same with baseball. Play them in, like, I don't care if you play them in Texas, Arizona, Florida. Just play them. Let's see some games, you know? Agreed. <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, enjoy tonight. Michael F. Florio is where you can find him. F. Florio on Twitter. And uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Of course. Thanks for having me. You got it. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll keep an eye on it. And by the way, I probably will be hanging out with the Potter boys, Keith and Michael, on their live stream. It's going to be a fun night. Stay with us. Michael, thank you so much, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Was uh, That was awesome. So if you got anything going or a Zoom chat, I'll jump on yours too. I don't know what you're going to do, but let me know. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I'm going to do a live stream. I did 